Welcome to today's episode of the All Things Podcast. I am excited to introduce you to two new contributors to the newest She Writes for Him edition, Stories of Living Hope. Actually, I'm going to read the back cover copy to you so that you understand what this book represents. She writes for him stories of living hope featuring best-selling authors Liz Curtis Higgs, Pam Farrell, and Debbie Alsdorf. When we go through hard times, we long for those who understand, who have gone down this road before us. This is your tribe. In this second edition of She Writes For Him, Stories of Living Hope, you will hear voices of women sharing discoveries of hope and even joy that they've uncovered in the most unlikely circumstances. The hard places of cancer, addiction, abuse, mental health issues, and suffering. Voices of experience, empathy, and encouragement share the shock of a cancer diagnosis, the need for support structure, and how to endure the long haul of treatments. When addiction reaches into a family, one woman finds a way to honor her alcoholic father. Another shares how to deal with addicted family members. And a third shares her path to triumph over a very real food addiction. From mental and spiritual abuse, to the often hidden shame of mental illness, to escaping the violence of an outlaw gang, women relate their candid, true life stories. These transparent accounts of finding the hope Christ gives will strengthen your faith and bring you inspiration for the circumstances of your own life. So during the first half of today's podcast, you're going to meet Missy Linkletter. Her chapter is entitled Trusting God When We Don't Understand, and it can be found in the section on suffering. Then during the second half of the podcast, you'll meet Jen Defoe-Turner as we discuss her chapter in that same section on suffering entitled Tender Words in the Wilderness. So first things first, let me give a proper introduction to Missy. Missy Linkletter has been married to Tim for 26 years and together they have five children with a crazy age spread. Missy is the director of women's ministry at Shiloh Community Church where she loves to encourage the women to treasure the Lord and his word She is a published writer and speaker. Her passion is to help other women know the true living water that forever satisfies the longing soul. Her prayer is for every woman to treasure God and his word above all else. And I'm gonna share a few little known facts about her as well. Missy could probably eat Chipotle every day of the week and never grow weary of their chicken bowl. Her humor might be described as unsophisticated to some. Slapstick comedy just tickles her. She forgets to eat vegetables, but never forgets to eat 90% dark chocolate. And after living in Texas for 18 years, Missy and Tim moved back to Arizona several years ago to be near their family. They miss their Texas people, but 
they can keep the humidity. She loses time when she cross-references scriptures. It's her favorite thing to do. So, hey, let's get this rolling. Well, I am so excited, uh, Missy, for you to be here today with us. It has just been such a delight to get to know you and to be able to have you on the All Things Podcast today. Thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Athena, for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, I just think back to seeing your name and knowing something and, you know, just, I, I don't know what it was, but I just felt like in the boot camp and in the conference where we, you know, go back to last year, I just knew, and I didn't even know your story at that point. I just knew there was something special about the call of God on your life. And mm -hmm. so I would love for our listeners just to let's start out with your Romans 828 story. I mean, we all have lots of them, but you have a pretty significant one that I think will really speak to some of the women who are listening today. So let's start there and then we'll progress. Okay. So I am the mom of five children and love being a mom. And our oldest child, Justin, he was kind of like the trailblazer of the Linkletter kids is what I called him. And he was 20 years old and he and his friends planned a trip to go to the lake one day. And I had a horrible feeling all day long about the trip that he was going to take. And I talked to him before he left. And I just said, hey, Justin, you know, they wanted to go cliff diving. Horrible idea, in my opinion. I said, hey, how are you going to test the water? You know, tell me like your plan for safety here. And he did. And he said, oh, mama, don't worry. I'll be careful. And I said, okay. And I gave him a kiss goodbye. And I said, I love you. And Justin and his friends never actually made it to the lake that day. They were driving up a mountainside road and on their way up to the lake, they hit some gravel. And to make a long story short, two of the boys weren't actually in the truck. They were riding on the sideboards and jumping off and on. Um, and when Justin went to stop his truck, and even though he was going 15 or 20 miles an hour, he hit some gravel and his truck toppled over the side of the mountain and we lost him. He, they think that he died probably upon impact. Mm -hmm. And we didn't find out about what happened to him until the very next morning when the sheriff's office rang our doorbell to notify us of the accident. And I did know something was very wrong and waited up for him through the night and couldn't get a hold of him, of course. When the sheriff's office left, you know, devastation, can't describe how we felt. My, I had my three youngest boys there, all pajama clad. My husband is there. And then my poor daughter, who was Justin's very best friend, she was working at a camp for the summer. And so she wasn't home. But I will tell you, we walked into his bedroom, my husband and I did, and we just stood there and looked around and we saw, I looked up and saw his huge whiteboard. Justin loved the Lord. 
and I have that hope. But he had this huge whiteboard in his room and on that whiteboard he had written and I hadn't noticed it until that morning. God can do whatever he wants, whenever he wants and however he wants to whomever he wants. wants. God God is able. And I looked at that and you know, one of those, it hurt so good. It was like, God is sovereign and you can trust him, Missy. You know, this isn't going to make sense to you right now. Trust him. And I honestly, I just, we are close family and I just couldn't imagine going on, on this side of eternity without Justin. I just, he was our firstborn such a big part of our family, so vibrant, loud, full of life, borderline obnoxious, you know, (laughs) big personality. I thought, how is this, how can I ever, how can a smile ever reach my eyes again? And so I just didn't know how we would recover from such a loss. Like when our family fall apart, I heard really scary statistics about marriage and, uh, your marriage after losing a child. And I had a lot of questions, but I will tell you that what I didn't know is that the Lord would sustain me each and every minute along the way. I mean, he would comfort me with his people and mostly he would comfort me with his word. And I would go to the word and he would just meet me right where I was at to this day. It's been three and a half years. He understands my loss. He understands my ache. And not only did he sustain me, but he made a beautiful way for me to get to share his goodness with others because pain translates. It translates. And so they, I've had people come to me and say, Missy, you've suffered this. I don't know how you do it. And I say, oh, it's not me at all. This is the grace of God that sustains me. And I've been able to share with them the hope of the gospel. And it's been a beautiful pathway to get to speak the truth and, and the ministry of the Holy Spirit to me, to other people, and to get to share with them. And so he does work out all things according to his good. Um, for his good purpose. It's just, you know, the definition of good might look a little bit different, but for eternity, this is good. Yes. Wow. And who, you know, who would ever guess that he could do that, that he could make such a painful loss and turn it into something that, you know, is gain. Oh my gosh. I mean, yes. just to see that contrast mm-hmm. is like mind boggling. It it really is. And, you know, Athena, when I was 15 years old, I came to faith in the Lord, had a totally dysfunctional family growing up. I like met the Lord. He was my refuge. I knew And I asked him, can I please proclaim your goodness and all that you brought me out of? Lord, can I please? Can I please? And he would give me little opportunities. I could have never guessed what he had in store, but he placed that desire in my heart. 
And it was all for his glory. You know, we don't know the pathway that he'll use. And he does. He takes our greatest loss. And I have received more healing, it, not just from the loss of Justin, but like childhood trauma stuff, because I understand what he does with our pain now. And I just didn't understand that before. And you're right. That pain is what resonates. Well, I mean, everyone understands pain. Not everybody understands the mountaintop experience or the, the great joy or this great success or things like that. But people, we all get pain because we all, we have all had measures of pain that, you know, just to hear your pain and then to hear the hope within it mm. is like, that's what people are looking for. Yes. To make sense of it somehow. Right. Which I love that your chapter in this very most recent She Writes for Him Stories of Living Hope is entitled Trusting God When We Don't Understand. Yes. And that's exactly there, especially with just the pandemic, everything else that's going on in our lives, which has caused such chaos, such despair, such hopelessness to be able to take your story where, I mean, that completely trumps the pandemic. I mean, you know, you can't even, it's not even in the same ballpark, but the pain, you know, I mean, it, it can be a similar type of pain because it's been a horrible loss for so many. Yes. To, to see this book come out in the middle of the pandemic yeah, and just to be able to, to watch as God allows you to share your pain and give hope to others. Mm-hmm. Just amazing. And it's such a privilege. And I, you know, I think the biggest thing and the lesson that I continue to learn is that we trust God because we know his character. It's not because our our circumstances are going to make sense to us. It's, you know, it's the faith without the sight, right? We trust him and we have to know his character and who he is. And then we go back to that. I don't understand, Lord. Lean not on your own understanding, but trust in me with all of your heart. It's the continuing to go back to him and say, this really hurts. And, and he draws us close and, and, and heals our hearts in ways that we could never imagine. Amen. So t- take us back a little to last year when you first came to our conference, the She Writes for Him conference. I just... I mean, and there may be more backstory leading up to that that I don't know about, but I would just love for you to share that story of what God did and how he worked. Well, that was an amazing conference. You know, I saw the advertisement for that conference on Facebook and I told my husband and my daughter, hey, I'd really like this for Valentine's, I mean, uh, Mother's Day. And so they made this beautiful thing where they bought like me snacks and watched my three youngest boys for two days while I locked myself in our bedroom and, and watched the conference. When I went to the conference, I'd been writing just a little bit since losing Justin, like on Instagram and Facebook, processing that grief. And, but I really, I wanted to know more. So I signed up for it. I told I never imagined 
what God had in store for me. Because first of all, every single speaker that was at the conference was so authentic and so generous. They were so generous, all of you with your hearts and just sharing so honestly. And I sat in my bedroom and cried for two days. I just cried and cried and cried. And that was a a real gift because I probably wouldn't have done that in public, um, but I could just let it all out. And I remember that Cynthia Kavanaugh spoke about being in the cave of Adullam in the midst of our suffering. It was from King David when he was on the run from Saul. And he had just broken loose from the the king of Gath and after acting like a crazy man. And if you don't know that story, it's a good story. And she talked about that. And I realized when she talked about David being in the cave that I had been in the cave for a few years, rightfully so. But I felt the Lord saying, it's time to come out. I was like, oh, Lord, but it's bright out here. And I don't know, I'm not the same person as when I went in. And I know it's a writer's conference. And I'm like, (laughs) what is going on here? And so I, and it, it just, what it did was I was very guarded in my heart. And it just opened it up like a flower blossoming, like ready to get, receive the light. And then Athena, you close the conference speaking about how the Lord heals the brokenhearted and binds up our wounds. And, you know, I'd been so busy tending to my grief, my family's grief, kind of just trying to survive one minute, one day at a time, riding the ship, that I didn't even realize that there was healing. And it led me to, like, I looked up those verses and said, Lord, are you saying that there's healing for this? I just... Everyone that I had talked to, most of the people will say, always said, this is something you never get over. That was the message that I received. And so I didn't like that message very much, but I wasn't in a place to be able to discern it. But when the scripture speaks, it speaks. And you told your story of healing. And I just wrote it all out and I poured my heart out to the Lord. And honestly, that was such a pivotal time for me to even share within the group openly was a big thing for me because I was so guarded and, and the Lord just really used it since then. I just have to smile because only God could do this. You know, my husband lost his job in the pandemic He worked in the travel industry for 20 years. He was with his company for 14 years and he was without a job for six months. Now he's doing something completely different craziness. But I'll tell you that when the Lord brings us into those kinds of places where he strips us bare, he also provides a way for a new, new things in our lives. And I mean, it was in August that I accepted a position as a director of women's ministry at a brand new church. I'm telling you, I would have never done that. It was, and I look back and I see it was that conference that kind of started that trajectory for me. Mm. And I can see that now in hindsight. And I just praise the Lord. Wow. I know. 
that is just so amazing. So you're about to get your books in hand so that you have them available. I'm I'm just so excited to have you as part of this edition, which features Liz Curtis Higgs, Pam Farrell, and Debbie Alsdorf. So you are in such amazing company in this edition of She Writes for Him. I'm just so excited for your depth, your wisdom, your insight, and the way you shared it in your chapter. I'm just so excited to see what God does with that. I mean, from here, he's already done so much, but just to see what he's going to do from here, I'm just standing in awe of his faithfulness. So Mm -hmm. if, if we've got some ladies listening today and someone wants to find you online or connect with you, what's the best way to do that? So you can find me on Instagram and Facebook. My website is currently under construction. Is that how we say that? Yeah, under construction, it's it's being fixed. And so you can go to Instagram and look Missy underscore Linkletter underscore. And same thing on Facebook. I have a, a writer's page on there. Athena, I also want, I missed something in the story. Okay. I won the grand prize of that conference. That's how I got to be in that book. I was so shocked. Yes. If you could have seen my face, I mean, I just, I couldn't close my mouth. Like what? Wow. So that was amazing. Such a privilege to get to write next to so many amazing women who love the Lord. That book is chocked full of truth and grace and redemption it's really a treasure. It is. And we are just honored to have you in there and have you, you know, see the difference between a guarded heart and an open heart that is willing to be transparent and how powerful that is. Mm -hmm. And uh, so any last thoughts you want to just say before we wrap up? I think that um, the Lord never wastes our pain. He uses it for his glory in ways that we could never imagine. And so any of our pain, even if we think, well, that's too small. No, no, no. He has a purpose in the pain for his glory to be revealed. So don't lose heart. Um, Pour out your heart to him and surrender it to him. Open your hand and say, Lord, do whatever you want with me you know, I surrender to you and he will do things that we could never imagine or dream um, for his glory. Amen. 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 So true. Thank you, my friend, for being with us today. It's just been an absolute delight. Thank you, Athena. Do you have a story to tell? Do you have a book idea in your head and heart, but you really don't know where to start? Have you outlined, written a proposal, or finished a first draft, but are feeling discouraged at your progress? Maybe feel like you're not a good enough writer to tell your story in a way that others will want to read it? Are you stuck in your creative process or confused about how to tell the story that God is nudging you to write? Well. I've got great news for you. My name is Athena Dean Holtz, and I'm the host of the upcoming She Writes for Him Braveheart Writing Conference. 
and I want to encourage you to give yourself a priceless gift that will help your writing dream come true. We're going to have two days of a power-packed live online event with 20 plus publishing industry professionals to help you strengthen, sharpen, write, and market your message. Four powerful and inspiring keynote messages that will encourage and inspire you as a writer. Publishing industry experts and best-selling authors share their secrets and wisdom for success. A panel of literary agents share what they're looking for and how to schedule a meeting with them. And pre-conference mini bootcamp tracks are available this year, which is brand new, for fiction, nonfiction, and memoir writing. At the end of these two days, you will gain confidence and know how to discover your brave heart for him and his story in you. Find purpose in your pain and discover effective methods to communicate and write about your most difficult experiences. Break through the obstacles that hold you back from writing and finishing your project. Jumpstart your writing, expand your influence, and nurture your gifts and calling. And connect with other writers and Jesus followers who get you find your tribe. Let me just read you one comment from last year's conference. Her words were, do it. This conference is paradigm shifting and soul freeing at the same time. The raw honesty of each of the presenters was such a gift. And I saw us as co-laborers, sisters in the field, rather than speaker and attendee. Felicia Ferguson. So, hey, for all the details, visit SheWritesForHimConference.com and sign up now. The event will be live, but the recordings will be available for 30 days after the event. We hope to see you there. All right, we are back for the second segment of today's All Things Podcast. So let me introduce you to Jen. Jen Defoe-Turner is a child of the highest king. She is a wife of 31 years to her amazing husband, Ken. Together they have four incredible children, one daughter in love and three precious grandchildren. Jen loves to journey with people to experience freedom in every area of their lives. She's passionate about the Word of God, loves to preach it, teach it, and live it. Now, here are a few little-known facts. Jen got married when she was 16 and her husband was 18, and they have been together for 32 years. She's a brown belt in karate. She lived on Prince Edward Island for five years, and her favorite meal is a church potluck. Her favorite devotional to share is about a fork. Her favorite passage to preach from is the rising of Lazarus from John 11, 1 through 44. All right, so let's get this tape rolling. Well, I am super excited to get to introduce everyone today to Jen Defoe-Turner. I've been looking forward to our conversation today. So Jen, welcome to the All Things Podcast. 
Well, thank you for having me. It is great to be here. Yeah. Well, I would love to just give our listeners an inside peek to your life and how God has worked all things together for good for you, even when you didn't know he was doing that. And we just like to hear one of your favorite Romans 828 stories for starters. I would love to share with you my favorite Romans 828 story. And it is about my father, actually. My father just went home to be with the Lord uh, this past month in January. And one of the things that maybe people don't realize about my relationship with my father is that he was my abuser. He sexually abused me, physically abused me, and emotionally abused me. Mm. Uh, He's my stepfather. For all intents and purposes, though, he is my father. I was raised as a crown ward of the Children's Aid Society here in Ontario and got married very young. At 16, became a young bride and a new mom. And my husband and I started on a journey. And part of that journey was the healing process of abuse. And through the years after I became a Christian, God gave me a love for my dad that was so deep, that was so profound, that nobody could have anticipated the relationship that we actually have and how God redeemed him and restored him. And our relationship is just incredible. My dad had a stroke about five years ago, six years ago now. I can't really remember. And I was living down in Prince Edward Island. And I said to the Lord, I I just want two things. I want to get there in time to pray with him so that he becomes a Christian and to have a last dance with him. And so I drove all night. I got there at 1030 in the morning. And by 230 that afternoon, my dad became a Christian. So this this past month before my dad passed away, I would get him up every morning and I would bring him out to his chair. He had progressive supranuclear palsy and he was no longer able to walk. And so how I would get him up from his walker and put him into his chair, we'd actually kind of do like a little waltz every morning. And so for the last month of my dad's life, I got to dance with him every morning to put him in his chair. And it's just the day my dad passed, I came downstairs to get my phone. And I don't know if you've heard that new song, Rise Up by Zach Williams and Kane. But I come down the stairs and it was, I'm alive now, out from the tomb like Lazarus. Jesus is calling me, I'm alive now. And I knew in a moment God had, um, like, it was just so, so surreal in that moment God had him. And his passing has actually spurred me on to the point that every day I want to share the gospel with somebody. That's the only thing we have when we leave this world is our faith. We cannot take anything else with us when we leave this world. And I watch that with my with my dad. And it has spurred me on to the point that every day I want to share the gospel with somebody because I don't want anybody to leave this world without knowing that Jesus Christ loves them and died for them and can do amazing things in their life. Because my goodness, if he can do that in my life and he can take that situation, something that was 
awful that broke me, that broke him, that broke our family and completely restore and redeem that. He can do it for anybody. Yes. Nobody is out of the reach of God's grace, whether you are the victim or the offender. Mm. And that is a powerful message that people need to hear. Amen. Amen. And I, I love how, you know, the trauma, you know, here's this traumatic childhood and, you know, obviously he was broken too. So you, you've got a broken person breaking his, you know, maybe not biological daughter, but he was still parenting you. And for him to be that broken, to break you, and then for you to be able to receive enough healing to say, Lord, help me lead him to the Lord and have that last dance and how God answered that. Yeah. I love that. I I'm I'm amazed at how God heals and restores. Like he just doesn't do anything halfway. Yeah. You know, he does it all the way. What he says in his word is true. He is so faithful. There has never been anybody in my life more faithful than the Lord. Amen. Amen. So tell me how you ended up, because it's funny, I love getting the backstory of how all of the authors ended up in this version of the She Writes for Him, Stories of Living Hope, which features Liz Curtis Higgs, Pam Farrell, and Debbie Alsdorf, and another 30 amazing women. Tell me how that happened. Well, my friend, Heidi McLaughlin, she did a segment last year for She Writes for Him, right? the conference. And so I had been connecting with, with Heidi through Women Together here in Canada. And so she had posted the, the conference online. And so my friend Bridget messaged and said, are you going to go? And I said, mm, yeah, probably. And so the night before, she messaged and she said, did you sign up to go to the conference? I said, I'm doing it right now. And so I signed up to go and I heard about this compilation and the Lord said, you need to enter. And I said, okay. And I ignored him. I I ignored him. I've been trying to run from this call of writing and entering this world for quite some time. And so I said, okay. And then I ignored him. And he probably knew I was going to ignore him. So then I'm at the Speak Up conference. And there they mentioned it again. And again, the Lord said, now is the time. (laughs) And so I'm like, all right. And so, yeah. And that's how that happened. And, you know, it's funny. I was scrolling through Facebook one day before any decisions had been made. And Cynthia had made a post about her reading the the stories. And in that moment, I just had this wash over me that I just knew that I was going to be part of this compilation and that God was going to use it to do amazing things. So thank you for this opportunity. Oh, you bet. And I love that I just, you are we're going to air this with Missy Linkletter and the two of you are both in the same segment. You're in the suffering category. And so you're the title of your chapter 29 is tender words in the wilderness. Tell us a little bit about the story behind that. 
Mm. Tender words in the wilderness is, is my ride home. Um, I left the Lord. He called me to be a pastor and my famous, I was famous for running whenever anything got hard. And so one year in our world, we had eight deaths in our family and the church was under attack. And I said to the Lord, if this is what serving you is like, I'm good. I'm done. I'm out. (laughs) And I left. And I took back everything he healed me from. Sex, drugs, rock and roll, alcohol, you name it. I was doing it. And I come to the point where I had to get better. And I was forced to get better through family and children's services. And I was standing in the airport and had this experience of God, Jesus actually carrying me like a little baby and just nestling me in his arms and telling me it's okay. My time was done. I was coming home. And yeah, it was just an amazing, an amazing experience. And I was saved before, but I was saved. Like there is such a difference. I, when I went to Prince Edward Island, I sat on my friend's porch and I confessed. And I don't mean like, God, forgive my sin. I mean, God, forgive me for having sex with so-and-so. God, forgive me for selling myself. Forgive me. And listing the things that I had done. And when I got up, I was free. Yep. And oh, it was it was so empowering and so uh, life transforming that it's something that I speak about often, naming what we are confessing. Yep. You know, that's like when you say you're sorry to someone, you don't say, hey, if I if I hurt you at all, if I ever said anything, did anything to hurt you? Hey, I'm really sorry about that. No. I'm sorry because I said this to you and it was hurtful and it was sinful. Please, will you, I'm sorry, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? And it's the same idea when we're confessing to the Lord and we need to articulate what we are repenting of, not just general. That's so powerful. Yeah. It changed my life actually uh, to be able to do that. Um, And it also, also took off layers of shame and guilt. When we confess before the Lord, he takes it then, right? And he replaces that shame and guilt with redemption, with restoration, right? With victory. And so by naming and confessing our sin, he takes the shame that we have buried ourselves in and liberates us from underneath of that. It's an amazing thing. Mm. That's so good. And it's, and I, I'm going to venture to say that the people that we know that went forward, they said the prayer, they got saved, but then you never saw any change. I think that was the missing piece is Mm. confessing what everything that's flown in the face of God's holiness that we have been part of, whether, you know, we understood it was bad or not. It really doesn't even matter whether we understood that or not. If it's sinful, then boy, confessing it and asking for forgiveness and allowing that blood to cover us in those areas does create change. There is, Mm -hmm. you see a change in the person. Yes, absolutely. 
And I don't subscribe to the theology that I never have to repent again, you know, because I do believe in salvation and it happens in a moment. But throughout my walk with the Lord, there are times when I sin, not on purpose. I don't get up and deliberately say, hey, today's the day. But you know what? There are times when I when I find myself in those moments and I need to confess that. Yep. Right. And it's it's a holy lifestyle. And when I first got saved, we talked about the doctrine of entire sanctification. And I used to think that, wow, I could live like a perfect person. And that was very misleading yep. and very false. And I believe there's a lot of people still under that false pretense because I follow the Lord and the Holy Spirit is living within me and I live a holy life. Therefore, I'm perfect and I'm above sin. No, 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 no. This feeds our pride when we believe that. And so, and then that just sets us up for a fall because we don't really see who we really are. And then we end up going off, you know, just dishonoring him. Absolutely. Wow. Wow. Well, it is that sanctification process. That is where we, when we begin to understand who we are and who we have been and the doors we've opened to the enemy by participating in different things that are sinful and, and have, you know, occultic roots and things like that. You know, as we see those and we confess them, I mean, yeah, we we probably don't immediately, you know, when we get saved. It's a process for us to begin to see that. I remember some missionaries who kind of discipled me early on who, you know, had to explain to me, if you've done any of these things, that this needs to be repented of. And it was really helpful for me to understand and to be specific and to voice those things. So I love that you brought that up because it's so important whenever we do it. I mean, obviously, in the sanctification process, it's as the Holy Spirit convicts us of sin. That's yeah. That's when we and, need to repent. And you brought up a good point. It's as the Holy Spirit convicts us, not our friends, not our parents, not our spouses, but the Holy Spirit, right? I think for far too long, we Christians have tried to be the voice of the Holy Spirit and called it love. And you know what? When the Holy Spirit reveals something to me, then it's my truth. But when I reveal something to you, then it's not your truth. It's still my truth. And now I'm just coming across as judgmental. Whereas if the Holy Spirit reveals it, then it's yours, right? Yeah. I think we give the Holy Spirit more room to move when we are willing to be transparent about what we see in us because then it kind of gives other people permission to go, Ooh, is that going on in me? You know, instead of us pointing our finger at them and, you know, being judgy. Yeah. Mm. This is so good. Well, okay. As we wrap up, I would love to have you, if you just have a thought that you would like to share to those who are listening today, just how they can remember that God really is always working all things together for good. Even when we can't see it, we can't feel it. We have no idea how he could possibly do it. I would say to, to make sure that you're constantly taking your issues into the heavenlies. I'm not sure if you've seen that, that meme that's on Facebook where the eagle takes a snake 
up into the air. So when the eagle is on the ground, the snake has the advantage over the eagle because the eagle is not in its right atmosphere. The snake is in its home. But when the eagle takes the snake into the air, the snake is now powerless over the eagle. When we take our issues into the heavenlies, mm. they are powerless over us, right? And, and so that's where we need to be constantly going, especially now with all the fear that is happening and everything. We need to take those into the heavenlies and, and bring the enemy's attack into our territory and, and he will fall. Mm. He will fall. I love that. Take it into the heavenlies. Take those issues there and then they don't control you when you when you take them there. But when you believe the lies of the enemy that you deserve that, you brought it on yourself, God's never going to forgive you, you can never be good enough, all those lies, then we're keeping our issues in his territory instead of in God's. Ooh, that's good. Good stuff. Well, this has just been delightful to hang out with you and just hear more about you and your story. So thank you so much for being with us today, Jen, on the All Things Podcast. It has been delightful. Well, thank you very much for having me. Well, thanks for joining us today for the All Things Podcast brought to you by Redemption Press and the Romans 828 Bookstore. So, hey, I'd like to ask you a favor. If you would, consider sharing this episode with your friends on social media. And if you haven't yet left a review of the podcast on Apple, I would love it if you would take a minute to do that as it would help other people find the show and also let them know that it's a show worth listening to. So thanks so much for joining us today and I will see you next week. Bye for now.